You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. theme is taken from Matthew 19 and uh, we want to read from verse 16 to 26. Praise the Lord. Now behold one came and said to him good teacher what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life. So he said to him why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life keep the commandments and he said to him which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all those things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man had that saying he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions then jesus said to his disciples assuredly i say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven and again i say to you it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god when his disciples heard it note it they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are amen. Our theme is, it is possible. And um, we want to take it you know, bit by bit. Uh, Pastor Moody, God bless you for the ministration on Wednesday. Can we appreciate it once more? It was a powerful ministration. And, um, you know... You just know that our God is a miracle-working God. And really, at the foundation, at the very core of our faith, of the Christian faith, is a confident, sure belief in the impossible. Anybody who is a Christian, who says, I am a Christian, even if it's a nominal hang-around, you know, by association Christian, must believe in the impossible because the foundation of our faith is genesis 1 verse 1 in the beginning what happened god created the heavens and the earth it means this earth has a landlord it means this earth has a manufacturer it means this computer called earth has a software it means it has an operating system i get it the reason they are ethics the reason people are working hard to claim big bang theory to claim evolution and all of that is to dispossess God of the ownership and creatorship of his world. Is there a word like creatorship? Add it. Because if you agree and believe Genesis 1 verse 1, then the question is this. If he owns the world, what does he want? If he created the world, he cannot retire and the world will continue. In fact, the Bible makes us understand that he upholds all things. By the word of his power. So the day he's not, you will not be, but he will forever be. Praise the Lord, because he's the I am that I am. He's the one who even told us that when the earth and everything is rolled away like a garment, 
He says he'll remain. He says heaven and earth will pass away, but not a jot, nor a title of my word will go unfulfilled. That is the God we serve. So at the foundation in the heart of every believer is that God is. And we're told in Hebrews, he that comes to God must what? Believe that he is. This God is creator. This God is maintainer. This God is designer. This God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. This God rules over the affairs of the earth. This God rules over even Nigeria. As you see the things that are happening, how many Nigerians are in the house? Oh, God is ruling. Nothing is out of his... No, bribery cannot bribe God out. You can't rig God out. You can't use violence and overthrow God. Pharaoh, at the height of his violent campaign against the children of Israel, took Moses and reared Moses in his house. Moses was the one that would put him in, in the water. And he was feeding Pharaoh was by Moses' SMA milk. Paid for his nursery school. And it was Moses that would say to him, Pharaoh, let my people go. That is the God you serve. Time is coming when you and I will see the power of God manifest in this country. All eyes will see it. And mouths will open. In the name of Jesus. No, he will do it. Praise the Lord. Let men, you know, sweat out. Okay? So, at the core of our faith is that our God specializes in the impossible. That's for creation. And for redemption, in Luke 1, we see the encounter between Mary and the angel. Where the angel appeared to Mary from uh, verse 34. Okay? So, the angel appeared to Mary and said, you're going to bring forth a child. You're going to bring forth the savior of the world. And Mary said, okay, I'm still a virgin. How do we go about this? You know? And the angel said to Mary, this is God things. This is what God does. The way it's going to happen is what? That the power of the Messiah is going to what? Overshadow you. And you're going to produce something that is beyond possible. You're going to produce the impossible. Praise the Lord. That is what we have. So everybody who names the name of Jesus, who calls on Jesus, believes or affirms the immaculate conception. And it means that a woman who did not know a man conceived and brought forth a child. Now, that settles whatever question you're asking. How can this be? The answer is this. What? The power of the Most High shall what? Overshadow you. Except that power is not overshadowing. But if it's overshadowing you, then you can bring forth things that are not traceable to your resources. Praise the Lord. I think it was last week or two weeks ago we learned here that you see, the power of having friends. If I travel to the UK on my own, and without friends, without family, without any person there, from the moment I land, for the next two hours, if I'm breathing, 200 pounds would have left me. But because I have friends and I have family there, I can get into the UK and spend five days and be eating and be enjoying and be, you know, carried in, you know, uh, uh, nice cars, and I wouldn't have spent anything. Why? Because I have friends. Praise the Lord. Now, it's the same thing when God overshadows you. You're able to produce. You're able to enjoy things you didn't pay for. Hallelujah. So it says, how can this be? I don't know a man. I don't have a man. It says, don't worry. The power of the Most High God will love. And you're going to bring forth something. That's where the statement says, for with God, nothing shall be what? impossible so you may lack anything but please don't lack with god that's the real poverty amen that's why peter and john said to the lame man at the gate it says silver and gold we don't have but we are not poor we're going to do something for you in the name of jesus do what they say rise up and walk which one would have 
profited the man better? Silver and gold or rise up and walk? Well, let's not be quick to answer. In our days now, people will choose silver and gold. They'll win an election with it. Praise the Lord. So, so we have that at the core of our faith. So possibility and the power of God is assured us. It's what makes us Christians. In fact, one of the reasons many people don't even come to believe the faith is that when they sit down and assess what it takes to be a Christian, they say they can't do it. A lot of sincere people who haven't fully heard the true gospel, they back out because they look at it. How can I do this? How can I live like this? How can I, you know, stop this? How can I start this? And all those questions. And when they look within themselves, they find no ability in themselves to be able to do it. And that is a challenge. The devil is deceiving them because the Christian is not doing anything he's doing from his own ability. Praise the Lord. Whatever the Christian is, is because of God's work in him. The Bible says it is he who works in you, both to what? Will and then to do. So the Christian is somebody who God has begun a work. I pray that today somebody will allow God to begin a work in him in the name of Jesus Christ. So this impossibility is not by grit, it's not by self-power, you know, willpower, it's not by self-determination. Uh, this must be done, I'm going to get this. No, there's a time for that. The sons of Adam must do that. But the sons, the children of the kingdom understand what is called grace. He says, for we know, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For though you were... So we find in the faith possibilities. You know, the word possibility, what does the word possibility mean? Once you say this is possible, you know immediately you're saying it's not common. You don't say, is it possible for you to sit down? Can I ask you that? Would that make sense? Can I say to you now, is it possible for you to stand up? The, the moment you put the word possible... You're dealing with something that is not likely. You're dealing with something that is not common, okay? But with the Christian, the believer, the one who has faith in Jesus, that word almost becomes common to us. Because it says, with God, how many things? All things are possible. So the Christian, at the core of his faith, must walk with a mindset that whatever it is, is possible with God. That's why Jesus will say to Peter, come to me. And Peter begins to come to Jesus on the water. And then while Jesus, you know, looks at Peter, Peter begins to sink. Notice that Jesus did not get aroused and shocked and said, ah, Peter is sinking. He stood there and was waiting. It was when Peter cried out and said, Lord, save me. Do you know why that happened? Maybe Jesus did not imagine that Peter would sink. I mean, you're, I'm called you, you're walking on water. Maybe you wanted to feel the water under you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The Christian enters into a place where possibility becomes normal to him. May you get into that in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we, we have people in Nigeria who, by reason of how much of our money they've stolen, believe they can do anything. You know, those of us who follow the news and watch what happens, you saw the question that uh, Rochas Okorocha asked um, the outgoing senior president. Say you need to teach him how to win an election that you didn't contest the primary. He said, the politician in Nigeria believes that with money, all things are possible. They said what money cannot do, more money can do. Have you heard that before? That's what they believe. Now, if you as a Christian do not believe that with God all things are possible, you are already at a disadvantage level. When they wake up, that's what they think. When they go to work, that's what they think. A man was caught, you know, recorded everything. 
you know, setting some office on, on fire. Kanu, how many of us know what happened in Kanu during the elections? The man is free now because that is what is happening with the children of the world. I'm trying to provoke you to see where your minimum is as we go forward. Praise the Lord. So the believers lives in a state where if they say to him, like Daniel, Daniel did not have a vision. You're going to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. No, he didn't have a vision. Daniel overheard that the king is angry and the king wants to kill out all the wise men and all the advisors. And Daniel said, why? He said the king had a dream. And then he said the king said they should interpret the dream. He said, and yes, let them interpret the dream. They said to Daniel, no, don't you understand? The king didn't even tell them the dream. That's a serious one. And you would have expected that Daniel would say, we don't die. All of us, we are finished. But Daniel said, go and tell the king to hold on. Tell the king to give me three days. It meant that to Daniel, what the king was requiring was what? Possible. It wasn't something out of the way. It wasn't something that would make him run away. Why? Because he was a believer. That's who believers are. They believe that the impossible is always possible with God. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, so we settle that. All things are conceivable. You see, we serve a God who says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or what? So your dreams are small compared to what God can do. Praise the Lord. That's why it says, lengthen your cords, enlarge your coast. Praise the Lord. That's what God expects of Christians. The truth is this, praise the Lord. I'm not a lawyer, but you see, this is the ground that God can ask you and I to do certain things. There are men here, right? When the Bible says men, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, it takes an anointing for the impossible. Our wives are wonderful, oh, praise the Lord. But to love them like God said, I want to give you an illustration that the Holy Spirit gave me. He said, do you know that Job still loved the wife as Christ loved the church? In the height of your suffering. You know when somebody has a bruise, assuming, okay, there was a time I sprained my hand, you remember? And if I shake you, you know, you're my friend, I shake you. But the shake hurts me. You're not hurting me, but because of the bruise I had already, the shake, it hurts me, okay? So, now, it's okay to insult a man that is normal, that is okay. I go to work, come back, you know, business didn't go so well, but, you know, so good, so good, okay, we're managed. It's okay to insult a man, but Job was down and out. And the wife said to him, are you still alive? Like the case of the woman who joined the widow's line. And they were saying, ah, mama, mama neck, mama neck. Your husband is still alive. He said, which husband? These widows are better than me. So Job was down and out. And the best the wife could say to Job was, curse God and die. And God says, love such a woman. It takes the miraculous. Can we clap for the men who are loving their wives? Even though today is not Mother's Day, but the women that are managing us men, it takes the miracle also. Some of us are something else. Praise the Lord. Can we also appreciate the women that are making us fathers? Some of us are something else. To live the life of a Christian, no matter the angle you're playing from, it takes a miracle. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the... How do you submit to a foolish man? Abigail was submitting to neighbor, a man who was foolish, certified foolish. It takes a miracle. Praise the Lord. 
What I'm saying is this, until you get this. So I was trying to say that many people, unbelievers, are kept from the faith because when they look at what it takes, they say to themselves, it's impossible. Yes, with men, like we read in the passage we read, with men, this is what? Impossible, but not with God. For with God, how many things? All things are possible. We have to establish that. So having that background, let's go into our text. And we see what happens in our text. I was laughing because of something that, you know, was strong before I began, and I pray we'll get to it. When we get to our text, we'll see what begins to happen here. There's a conversation, and the man that was introduced here, the Bible calls him, the, my subheading, calls him rich young ruler. I don't know if your Bible has a subheading, but that's what it calls him here. He's a rich young ruler. So this rich young you know, ruler came to Jesus and said to him, good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Note the correction that Jesus says, no one is good. So that we don't go dispensing goodness anyhow. Good belongs to God and to whoever he credits with goodness. Are you hearing me? Good belongs to who? And to whosoever what he credits it with. We're going to see that as we go. Anyway, so Jesus made that correction. But he said to him, okay, keep the commandments. And this man, this young ruler said to Jesus, which ones? And Jesus said to him, you shall not murder. Okay? You know, when you read the Bible, we, we must be separating facts. When I read this, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This guy is 90-something plus percent already. He's doing well. Because where he is, many have, haven't even what? Attained it. And... The man said to Jesus, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus didn't say, you're lying. Praise the Lord. He was standing before the truth. And he said this. And Jesus didn't say to him, you're lying. So he took it a stage higher. He said, so what do I still lack? What remains so that I can enter? Remember his question was, if if you have your Bible, note the question he asked. Because that's of interest to us. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus said to him, okay, what do you still like? If you want to be perfect, he said, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And the Bible says, when this young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. We're going to look into this, and we'll pick something as we move on with our theme. What I want us to pick from here is the concept of it. Remember, our theme says what? It is possible. The issue is, what is the it for you? The it for me may not be the it for you, but I pray that as we go on this morning, we're going to unite all our it's. Praise the Lord. Because, you see, this man, this young ruler came, and he didn't say to Jesus, just like Solomon did it, what are we going to do to kill all my enemies? Praise God. My wife and I attended, you know, a Christian program recently, and part of the testimonies, the young man was sharing was that they have been cutting down all the trees in their village that were preventing the young men from rising. I never heard the prayer. Initially, I thought he acquired a large um, plot of land and wanted to build. So they wanted to build. So they were, and you know these villagers, these um, Abuja people, what do they call These Kashi, they, they gave us problem when we wanted to start. So I thought it was the Abuja people problem with their cashew trees. I didn't know he was talking about human beings. So he said they have to cut all the trees so that the young men can rise. That was his eat. 
And if you see the fervency with which the people were praying the prayer, he said there was one that was 94 that he has to be cut down now so that the young men can arise. That was his eat. So the question is, what is your eat? Because eat, what is eat? Eat is a pronoun. It's describing something, right? It's replacing something. So your eat is different. Your eat is different. Your eat is different. Our eats are all different. But for this young man that we're looking at today, his eat was, what shall I do to inherit what? Or to have eternal life. That's a good eat. That's a good eat. And notice here, this man wasn't poor. This man was a ruler. That means he was accepted. He was notable. Okay? This man, you can say, had everything made. And one of the things that burdened my heart is when I see, in fact, not when I see, we had a Monmichi's colleague that invited us to the church when we now got planted and, you know, remained and began to serve the Lord. What he used to say to my wife then was, what is your problem now? You're married, you're pregnant, you know, your husband has money. Why won't you serve the Lord? That's what he kept saying to her. Now, the challenge with that is this. The gospel we preach today cannot be preached like that. Because what we want to tell people, you will marry, you will get pregnant, you will be rich, come and serve the Lord. Are we seeing the ways reversed now? But this man had all of that, but knew that there was something. Because if anybody tells you the truth, somebody has said, and it's so true. It says, inside of every one of us that God created, it said there's a God-shaped vacuum that nothing else can fill. We've said it here. That's why as poor and as much as we are suffering in Nigeria, Nigeria remains the highest market for alcohol, you know, expensive and cheap drugs. Why? Because no matter how poor people are, that vacuum drives them. No matter how rich people are, that vacuum still drives them. So people will keep running and pursuing after something. Now, if they knew the truth, they would know that all they were looking for was who? Jesus, and they'll come to you. We'll pray that you'll become an evangelist. The Bible says, do the work of an evangelist. How many will help me do that from today? Praise the Lord. You know, listen to me. There's what Igbo's call Ochieze. Forget all those laughters you see on Facebook and social media, Instagram. A lot of people who are laughing are crying inside. Are you with me? A lot of those filters can filter a, you know, a serene environment. The environment inside them is not serene. Where there is no Jesus, there is no peace. Are you getting me? Oh, no. Only Jesus can satisfy. It's not a slang. It's the truth. As the woman at the well, she must have been very beautiful. Five husbands are still counting. They were still coming. She must have been pretty. But when she met Jesus, she closed up. Somebody needs to meet Jesus today. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so this was this man's eat. His eat was eternal life. And then next thing, when they told him this and this, he said, I want to press on. These are the things. He says, oh, I've done them. What more shall I do? What is the area of your seeking, sir? What is the area of your seeking, man? What, what is that thing that is pushing you? You know, somebody was saying that um, the man that they put there as Senate president, he said, oh, that the next thing for him now is presidency because he has occupied all positions, stealing. Did you hear me? Yes, now, governor, minister, this, the, you know. So, for the people of the world, they have the things that are pushing, and they will do anything. So, they get into a post, they're not minding to serve in that post. No, they're minding to steal in that post so that they can acquire another post. Then they acquire another post and they use that post to steal to acquire another post. If you wanted to acquire that post so well, why don't you acquire the post and serve a purpose? 
Don't be like Buhari that cried for us to. I saw that cry. How many of us saw him cry? How many of us saw when he cried? I saw it myself with my two naked eyes. I wasn't wearing glasses then. <laughs> I saw it and I said, This man must come in. Because when this man comes in, he will deal with terrorists. Ah, he will deal with corruption. Ah, he will deal with this. Ah, all the, all the jets will be reduced. There will be only one jet. Ah, this man, I'll be running into him in Wusei Market. Ah, this man. I didn't know that the man wanted to come in there so he can eat and use toothpick. <laughs> when he got there, he finished. He, we heard the language, I'm not aware. Then when he finished, he said, you are difficult to control. That was the send forth. Let him go back to his cows. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Praise the Lord. Okay? So, this was the man's pursuit. This was his eat. He wanted to press on. When they said this and he says, I've done it. He said, what more can I do? What is your consuming pursuit? What is the thing you want to get? What is the thing that you're pressing onto? For the average one amongst us, we want more money. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more money if you know the purpose for the more money. And for the one who doesn't even have money, he wants money. You know, uh, we were praying yesterday at our prayer meeting, and um, Pastor Ralph was leading the prayers. And he was praying a prayer in one direction, and the Spirit of God was speaking to me in another direction. It says that, uh, uh, how difficult it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the Spirit of God was telling me that oftentimes we, you know, that are almost poor, we, we think that trusting in riches is a problem of rich people. There are poor people that trust more in riches than rich people. Do you know what it means? They cannot do anything because they don't have money. Say, say to somebody, good morning. Say, if I greet you now, you won't answer me because I'm not well-dressed. What's the person trusting in? You're praying that the only reason you want God to prosper you is because a rich man annoyed you. So you want to prosper so that he can't annoy you again. What are you trusting in? You have not had the money, but you're already trusting in it. That's why it's difficult to come. Because when it now comes, there will be double trust. How difficult it is for those who trust. Whereas there are people who have riches, but don't trust in it. But there are many who don't have it, but the sum total of their faith is Im- the only reason. Their wife tells them, uh, baby, please, can you help me carry the baby? Let me rush shelf and cup. He said, the reason she's telling me this is because I don't have money. Everything they tell they call you James. You say the reason you're not calling me Jim is because I don't have money. What are you trusting in? What are you looking to change yourself? In fact, the way we pray for breakthrough shows that our faith is in money. If the year is coming to an end, what most people are not uh, are looking at is how they will make money before the end of the year. When the year is beginning, what people are looking at is how much money they'll make in the new year. You trust in money. You're poor, but you're already trusting in money. Because the condition for God's goodness is that money comes. But you don't have friends that are rich, that's why. When you get friends that are rich, you know that money, they say, answers all things, right? It depends on the answer that I call you. How many of us have called a line and somebody answers and says, Assalamu alaikum. Didn't they answer the call? But is it what you wanted to hear? That the answers does not mean that what it brings to you is what you want. Let me tell you a story in my testimony. As a young man, many of us already know this, I have about six older brothers who were very comfortable. And I saw them struggle to find a wife. So I said to the Lord, please give me a wife before I start struggling because money will make you handsome, cool, collected, the ideal husband to any lady. 
Praise God. Unfortunately, by the time I met my wife, you know, God had blessed me a bit. So I had to lie to her that all the things I had were my brother's own. And she agreed. She agreed that we're going to live in the boys' quarters. That just, just the two of us. That's what she was telling me. Because I knew that if she knew I had money, I would not know. It would be difficult for her to know who she married. And thank God that happened because a season in our lives came that things were so tight that if it was money that we began with, it would have been difficult to make it through that season. So there's nothing wrong with money, but trust in money is the problem. And it's not with only rich people. There are poor people that hate you because you have money. What is that? You haven't offended them. <laughs> like I told us, if you're a lady and you're beautiful, you already have a problem. Because when you enter some fellowship, you must be Jezebel. You have not committed any offense, but you're just beauty. You're pretty. They're looking at you. Will she manifest? <laughs> what is your offense? You're just beautiful. And when they go to the Lord, they'll tell the Lord, Lord, I worship you in spirit. And you're lying. You're judging people. If you worship the Lord, you wouldn't know whether she's beautiful or ugly until she gives you a reason. But we do all of that. Okay. So we see that this man, let's not miss it, please. His it was, what shall I do that I may have what? Eternal life. It's very important. Why? Because the key thing there is this. You and I can spend our lives pursuing and seeking the wrong it. And sometimes succeeding in getting the it. But we realize that's not what we're looking for. That's the problem. So part of what God is going to help us to do today is to refine our eat and make sure it's the correct thing for us that our fathers you know it's more challenging because we are the head of the woman we give direction we can't afford to slack praise the lord the basic and primary thing the head does for the body is it gives direction it provides balance the center the thing that helps you to balance is in between your two ears that's why there's some slap that will slap you like this you will think that your feet are on the ceiling and your head on the ground because that's where the whole balance your two feet are still on the ground though but everything in the head has been realigned so so the head is so key you're to provide balance so men must have the correct eat and i want to challenge us men here to re-examine what is the eat you're pursuing what is the eat what is it this man told us his eat is eternal life he may not have you know succeeded in it and you know finished well we don't know how his story ended much later but we see what he came to jesus for you what are you looking for as a man as a father what are you looking for what are your goals what are your pursuit what is your treasure that is what we want to see so what is the proper correct eat for you and i i want to do that you know mention it to you the eat that we should talk about and that we should pursue is very simple if god is my maker if god is my creator if god is my sustainer if god is all of that for me then i think he should have a better idea of my eat than i should have how many of us agree with me oh yes he should have a better idea you don't buy a car and say because fuel they remove subsidy on fuel you're going to use kerosene how would that go you need to check the manufacturers what did they say this car will run on if it runs there, I hear now that um, people are making generators to run on urine. Please try it and let me know. <laughs> you know, maybe cars will also start running. So you're the product, you're not the producer. The product does not tell its producer what its purpose is. No, you don't go to God and tell God, hey God, this is what I want to do. 
He's going to tell you, eh, continue. Do you get what I'm saying? So we go to God and say, what is the aid that I should be? And this is what God is saying concerning his aid. What God wants, Romans 14 verse 11, please. This is the aid that God is talking about. He says, for it is written as I live, says the Lord. What will happen? Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall what? Confess that I'm God. Let's put the message translation so we see what he's trying to say to us there. Okay, let's read it to everybody. He said, read it for yourself in scripture. As I live and breathe, God says what? Every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will tell the honest truth that what? I and only I, I am God. And brothers and sisters, especially women, this affects us. There is God. We are not God. Praise the Lord. We are not. There is God. And why is it important? I don't know. Have you realized that most of us drive here? Have you realized that most vehicles, no matter how old and patched, you know, the body is, they still attach the maker, the name of the maker at the back. Die hard suit. The other day I saw, is it Peugeot 404? You must see that label. What are they saying? They are saying this car was made by this manufacturer. God is saying here, I made you. It must be known everywhere you go that I am God that created you. Praise the Lord somebody. It is important, it is fundamental that it is known that he is God. And that you are his. One of the ways we address God, there is Lord that is Jehovah. You know, there is Lord that is most high God. Jehovah means master. When you say master, it's a relational word. Master means somebody owns me. Master means you own me. So when I say Lord Jesus, I say my owner, Jesus. That is what God wants it to be known, you to know, that Jesus is your owner, he's your Lord, he's your redeemer. Praise the Lord. When you understand that, it becomes an it. And it has a beautiful dimension to it. Because when you find yourself in certain situations, you can call like Peter called. They say, Lord, what? Save me. Why? Because it is the owner that takes care of his what? Property. Praise the Lord, somebody. So what God wants is that he be acknowledged. Maybe before we leave, can you please put the easy to read version? Thank you. He said, yes, the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, everyone will bow before me. And everyone will say that I am God. I am God means you are God, I'm not God. It begins to talk about humility. Praise the Lord. Men, I don't know where, where we're praying. I can't remember. Or was it my wife? I can't remember where we're praying. And it just, you know, dawned on me that, oh, I wish I could get more humility. Because you see, nothing helps you with God like humility. Praise the Lord. He says, see it this way, see it this way, see it scientifically, okay? You're a vessel, right? We're all vessels. And in that vessel, there is a bit, there is you in the vessel, okay? And then God is also in the vessel. So how do you get more God in the vessel? I don't want to bring in the devil here. There are two of you in the vessel. How do you get more God in the vessel? By less of you. Simple mathematics. The relationship is inverse proportion. The less of you in the vessel, the more of God. That's humility. And for us husbands relating to marriages and all of that, one of the things that will help your marriage, sirs, is humility. Praise the Lord. And it doesn't come cheap. Are there Igbo men here? I don't know about people from other tribes. But one of the reasons why Igbo men work so hard is that they're proud. There's a good side to that pride. But there's a bad side also. Okay? The Igbo man cannot stand to be insulted by his wife. You see, the Igbo name for husband is Nauku. That is, 
Big Father, High Father, High Chief. There is a new name reigning now, High Chief. <laughs> Chief is no longer enough. It's in Naoko. And then the wife's name in Igbo is what? Oriaku. So when you marry as, in, as an Igbo man, you have not married liability. You have mar- married, uh, what name do we call something that just eats your money? Oriaku, that's what it means. Do I have an Igbo person that will help me translate this? Enjoyer of my wealth. Okay? That's what it is. So the Igbo man is shaking to his core when that relationship is altered. Okay? So he does everything to bring in money. Now, whenever there's an argument between an Igbo couple, unredeemed Igbo couple, the thing the man calculates is, you ask for money, I give you. You want to go for shopping, I give you. Your car spoils, I repair it. I pay rent, I pay school fees. So, Papa Maker, please, can you please stay with me? I'm lonely. Come on, get out. He thinks he loves you. Because as he's going, he drops some money for you. He sends you credit money. He doesn't understand that there is more to it. He has discharged that responsibility as Nauku and your Itinaku. So all matters are now what? Solved forever. The challenge with that is this. Praise God. Are you with me this morning? The challenge with that is that the man has Christ as his head. Are you following me? So the challenge with that is that Christ is also the head of the man. So if I tell my wife, because I provide money, you must now, you know, not expect any love, any uh, care, any respect from me. Then Christ, who is my head, who is providing oxygen, providing sound mind, providing the money, providing everything for me, what is he going to ask of me? What will now be my relationship with him? Is someone with me? What, what, what is it going to be? I get it now. So remember, it says, love your wives as Christ did what? Love the church. So when the Christian husband sees that, you see that provision is just one of what you need to do. It's not enough. So talking about the problem the married man, Igbo man has, is that if for any reason he fails in that responsibility, He's lost. He's demeaned. That's why wives, if your husband, you know, I believe every husband, begins to have economic hardship, is a call for you to high level of intercession. It's not a time to insult him. It's not a time to demean him. It's not a time to call him useless. Because at that point, you will finish everything left of him. It's a time to be patient. Is a time to stand in the gap. Why? Because the man knows that he's failing already. Are you with me? Oh, he knows he's failing already. If you now want to rub it in, what you will rub out, you will not like. So that is the time to be a prophetess, to speak to him, to spring encouragement, to charge him up, to be patient. Why? He already knows. But for the man, your responsibility at that time is also not to blame your wife. Because you see, this is the natural provision that is already adjusted. So, humility, humility, humility. Listen, there's nothing wrong if your wife is working and is busy for you to take care of the house chores. You know, these things don't have to be told. It's because we're in Nigeria, that's why we announce these things. Go and live in America. You will see fathers with baby food on the hand. You don't know what this is. Backing the baby. Oh, it's Nigeria that is spoiling us. 
Do you understand? It doesn't make you less of a man. You get into the kitchen, you know, if you're not like me, if I get into the kitchen, fire service has to come. <laughs> and it's my wife that designed it that way. I didn't plan it. Anyway, so you get in and cook. Whatever it is you need to do. You're the man. You're the owner of the work. The wife is helping you. Praise the Lord. The wife given to us is given to us as help meet. Help suitable for us. So please, men, can you help me tell your neighbor? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. It will do us a lot of good. And the truth is this. For the man, it's not at home that you need to, you know, reign and, you know, charge all that as king. At home, be gentle. Be loving. Praise the Lord. When you get to the marketplace, when you get to where Mopo's are and, you know, DSS people are, that's where you should be macho. Praise the Lord. I know, and I'm prophesying, that no man here will ever raise his hand on the wife. I know you don't already do it, but if you did it today, you won't do it again. You learn from Job. If you really get angry, think about Job. I was reading the book of Job. I was checking after he recovered. What did he do to the wife? He married her, loved her, and they produced more children. So your wife annoys you, love her more. Is it easy? Miracles happen. It is possible. It is possible. Praise the Lord. That, that's what we are called to. You know why? Because the man gives direction. You give direction, you bring balance. Everything you do wrong in that family, it will trickle down to the rest of the children. You don't know it, but that's the way it was designed. That's why she answers your name. It's good is your name. If it's bad, it's your name. Those children answer your name. Why? Because heaven says you are responsible for what they see. You're responsible for the direction they go. You're responsible for the values they have. That's why I wonder what the next generation of Nigerians are going to be. Our fathers were very good and we are this bad. These fathers that are now so bad. Hey, somebody was telling us recently that a father took his son to meet the registrar of a medical school where he failed the exams to bribe the registrar to pass the son. The Ibos have a saying that a child that the father sends to rob, he doesn't enter through the window. He goes through the front door. So when a father, when a generation now, where primary school students, secondary school students, their parents arrange for expo for them so that they can score A's. Our parents will beat you. You come back from school with what is not your own. They beat you. You go to buy something and the money is not reasonable for that a child will have. The person selling will arrest you. They are making sales, but they arrest you. Do you understand? That's the world we green. And, you know, we thank God for salvation. We are this bad. Imagine these ones that are growing where the fathers and mothers are engineering wickedness for them. Brethren, we have a responsibility. It's direction. You see, when they say a particular uh, nation, a particular people are prone to certain things, it's seeds sown over. So if someone is, you know, Colombian now, you say, you know, they're drugs. It's because children, grandchildren have seen grandparents dealing drugs. How do you tell a little child that his grandfather did drugs to sell exercise book? Because the father says, this is it. That's why we have to check what our it is. What is our it? That's what's happening in the church now. Because the leaders of the church are redefining it. It is success. It is glamour. 
it is popularity it is prosperity and the people who are coming can no longer look at christ they're looking at the man they're following and what they want is glam it has been redefined and it says it is possible did he say which it you know let's not deceive ourselves the world god created devil was not to play any part in it do you know that but incidentally and unfortunately when god created man he gave us dominion i know what dominion means dominion means you have the right to run it when man was given dominion he invited satan and when satan came in he became a rightful occupant in fact a rightful owner that's why satan said to jesus look at all the kingdoms of the world he said they're mine how did he become his did god give it to him no did god create it for him no god created it for man and said man it becomes your own brother if you dash me a pair of shoes okay and i take the pair of shoes and say god bless you sir thank you very much sir no so your shoes are nice please dash me you dash me and i turn now and i see a truck pusher and i say truck pusher take this pair of shoes enjoy it what are you going to do you can only weep inside your heart he say he grieved god that he had made man on earth that's all he can do he can't go and be the truck pusher and take it from him it has to be a legal process that's where we are satan had no part in this world it was man that brought it in and where that problem began is where because of time we'll try and round up is what i want us to see how come satan was able to get into the world because god said to adam this is it for you all that is in the garden enjoy it the only thing i don't want you to touch what is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil i believe he told the wife this is what god wants this is what god doesn't want and they continue like that when the serpent met eve and said to eve what did that old man tell you what is pastor ikena saying again don't commit her don't do this leave him his old school joe so the serpent said to eve what did god even say to you and seven said eh, you know i think he said uh, he said we shouldn't eat of any any uh, this thing she started you know bumbling and go, going up and down and the serpent was able to plant a seed and the simple seed the planted was that the serpent planted was that god should not be agreed with all the time what god said you should subject it to analysis is somebody hearing me that god should not be agreed with how many times all the time so that's how come because you know the bible is summary so i'm giving you the breakdown now. that's how come the bible said when eve looked at the fruit and saw that it was good for food i said ah so if it's good for food so why, why is god saying we should not eat it she looked at it again and saw that the color was fine pleasant to the eyes ah, it will look nice on the dining table yeah, yeah, Eve, Eve, i don't understand this your god why, why would god say this thing is nice it makes sense she considered it and said god this one no i don't agree with god that's it and she ate and what happened we know the rest of the story now the thing is this for my life and for your life every day there are scenarios and there are situations where we are judging god where we're looking at our portion and we're saying god you missed it here god you should have made me a canadian if there was no room in canada you should have put me in america you know maybe even uh, malaysia you see god i don't understand every day we are judging god and we're thinking and believing that god has not been fair to us god has not made the whole truth known to us so man wakes up 
and generates a sense, a pursuit that he wants to make his life better than God made it. That's the beginning of sin. I know the first thing they did. They saw they were naked. Before they, I don't know whether they were naked before and they didn't see. You know the Bible didn't. We don't know whether they were naked and they didn't see or they were clothed and they were seen. But either way, they saw they were naked. Now, what was man's effort? Imagine a suit made of leaves. Okay, there are young people here. Imagine a man, you know, using leaves to cover himself. How successful would that attempt be? How covered would he be? Imagine a woman using leaves to cover herself. How successful. That's a plain representation of the failure of the, or the futility of man's effort to sort himself out. It doesn't work. It has never worked. So that was what man had. And with that, there was shame also. With that, there was anger. Because from that moment, before then, Adam and Eve, Adam said, this is the bone of my bones. This is, you know, the flesh of my flesh. I love her. She loves me. From that time, we saw Adam blaming Eve, Eve blaming Adam. You know, everywhere there was quarrel. We saw shame. We saw fear. From that moment, what entered into the world was a suspicion of God by man. So what God wants for me, all of a sudden, I now look at it to check whether that's what I want for myself. And you know where the problem, or rather where the enemy catches us, is that he tells us, that God's will for you is not possible. That's what this thing is about. But I'm sent here to tell you that God's will for you is possible. It's possible. Young people, God's will for you in this generation is not sexual promiscuity. Chastity is God's will for you. The times doesn't change it. iPhone 14, Pro Max, doesn't change it. 5G doesn't change it. God's will for you it's purity. It's not old school. It's God's school. God doesn't go to school. Is someone hearing me? Husbands, you know we live in a wicked world. Have you read, you know, people saying, banning about all men cheat, all men cheat. All dogs cheat. Not all men. That's what the devil wants you to believe. He wants to weaken your defenses. Haven't we learned that the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to what? Though the pulling down of strongholds and casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of what the devil does is that he puts a picture and tells you this is it. This is where it is. Anything outside of this, don't worry. All men do it. All Nigerians do it. Everybody does it. But that's a lie of the devil. And once you believe that lie, you're gone. You're gone. You're getting into marriage. And you're saying to yourself, if it doesn't work, I quit. You will quit. You will quit. Oh, they will open doors for you. If doors don't work, they will open windows. They might even open roof for you. Because you have already begun to say it is not what? Possible. That's where we're going to. You must redefine the things that God wants and say to yourself, this thing God wants is possible. Genesis 17 verse 1. God speaking to Abraham. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, Help me, let me hear you say that. God said, I am what? Say it again. Almighty means omnipotent. Almighty means omniscient. Almighty means omnipresent. When the Almighty sends you on an errand, it is done. I started by telling you, it's not a wish. 
is not great. It's not, I will try. No, it is belief in God. God said to Abraham, I am almighty God. That is why you should walk before me and be blameless. King James uses the word perfect, which Jesus used for this man. He said, if you want to be perfect, children of God, I've come to announce to you today that perfection is possible. Don't be afraid. Because the same Bible says that if we walk in the light as is in the light, that the blood of Jesus does what? It cleanses us from if we confess as it cleanses. So perfection doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. But even the devil will know that you look like Jesus. Because we've been told no one is good but one. There's a perfection that God has. But there's a perfection we are called to as children of God. He said, be ye perfect as your father in heaven is what? There's a perfection that belongs to God alone. But there's a perfection we have. Do you know the perfection we have? We have a perfection of pursuit. Every one of us here, we are old now, we are grown. But there's a stage where all the little boy wanted to be was to be like his father. Okay? So it's a perfection of desire. Do you understand? It's a perfection of pursuit. It's a perfection that God is my God. How many of us know Michael Jackson here? The way you wore, you wore black shoes and white socks because you admired Michael Jackson. You wanted to dress like him. You learned to, up to today, they are Jackson, you know, is in, he doesn't have imposters, but he has, you know, copiers. In 2020, do you understand what I'm saying? That is the perfection. He said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. That is it. That is it as a man. That's what makes you a man. The Bible talking about the fullness of the stature of Christ. That is what he's talking about. Where when you come out, they'll see a Christian. And it is possible. Praise the Lord. Listen, let me tell you. I, I think, I, I'm, how old am I now? 53. Thank you. I got born again at about 24. So I've lived more as a child of God. As than. Let me tell you something. There's a battle that the devil must lose in your mind today. In the name of Jesus. That the world is sweeter than the Christian life. It is not. A lot of people won't admit it. But inside of them, there is this, you know, you, you see people sitting down, drinking whiskey. You see them doing like this. And you say, they enjoy, enjoy Guinea. That what you saw, that's why I took a picture of you people. If I were active on social media, I would have posted it for the next 27 days. You see men. Full-fledged men with gray hair, bearded. Oh, Mary, whoa. Oh, is that the offering song? We need to sing that song. Oh, Mary, whoa. Jehovah. Oh, Mary, whoa. You see, you see men worshiping God. That is beauty. That is guy. That is class. That is standard. You see men loving their wives. You see men faithful. You see men twisting other ladies as sisters. You see men not noticing the way you squeeze like this. They don't even notice. They say, nah, how are you? Please. Is there, how much are you selling this thing? You're still squeezing. They are not seeing you because their eyes are seeing Christ. They are born again. Do you get what I'm talking about? That is what it means to be a man. It is possible. That's the calling. You see men, you know, just putting things that are first, first. That man came and said, I'm a made guy, but I want to have eternal life. You see men seeking and pursuing. So we're saying the devil has deceived us, lied to us, that God should be suspected. 
Everything God says to me. Brothers and sisters, am I telling you Ikena is doing all of them? No, I can do better. But I believe that's the standard. That's where the whole thing changes. Can I tell you something, just in case I, I forget? We are first believers. Hello? So somebody here is thinking, and you're analyzing how can this thing be like Mary. We are first to believe God. Then we become what God said we are. Hello? I said you are first to believe that what you're hearing now, can you believe it? If you can believe it, it is possible. I say if you can believe it, it is possible. If you can believe it, it is what? Possible in the name of Jesus. We are first believers. Please, can you put uh, Genesis 15 verse 6 for me? Yes, thank you. It says, and he believed in the Lord and what happened? When did he become righteous? What did he do after he believed? He was still just believing. He was still just saying, God, I agree with you. He was just saying, yes, God, as a single girl, I need to, no matter the time. I need. The, the moment he was, he was saying that, God said, you're righteous. Now, look at that again. I want to show you something. That's why I said, see, he, the small letter he, is Abraham, isn't it? What was his part in this equation? He believed in the Lord. Look at the capital letter he. That one is talking about God. What was his part? He credits the account. He, the little letter, believed. He, the big letter God, accounted. It wasn't Abraham that accounted himself righteous. It was the he, the big God. If you would believe today, he will credit you with righteousness. You will walk out of this church righteous. You will walk out of this church spiritually. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. With a white garment. Spotless, clean. You walk out of this church accompanied by the Holy Spirit. You walk out of this church and Satan is crying over you. Because all of a sudden... You have turned down his kingdom. That's what he's trying to do. To tell you, don't bother with them. You can't live that life. Ah, hey, those Christians, by, by eight, they're in the house. You know, it's amazing the power of evil. Christians have stopped doing night, well, night prayers, vigils, because of the crime in the country. But nightclubs haven't stopped opening. <laughs> when I drive out early in the morning, you still see, you know, 5.30, 6 a.m., you still see ladies that are coming from market. And then young Christian ladies are afraid of entering transport by 7 in the evening. But the sinners, by 4 a.m., they're saying, ah. Because the devil has bound them and has covered their eyes and they are dwelling in darkness. You see, the thing about darkness is that there is a false liberty in darkness. When we're in secondary school, if they take the light for long enough, madness begins. Once light comes, everybody compose themselves. Because in darkness, there is a false liberty that comes in. So the world is dwelling in that darkness. They don't even notice the dangers. They don't know the trouble. They don't know what they're exposing themselves to. They don't know what they're, you know, getting themselves involved. But you, because you're a child of the light, there's some sense of caution. There's some sense of, you know, responsibility. You're avoiding here. You're doing this. You're not afraid. You're just responsible. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So the enemy has made us believe that and, and we just destruct and suspect. Now, the truth is this. What, this is what happened. From the beginning, the only thing you and I were supposed to know was possibility. Praise God. Let me repeat that. Before the fall of man, the only thing Adam knew was possibility. You see, the Bible says whatever animal God brought to Adam, whatever name he called it was what? So if Adam said, I want to be in Lagos, what will happen? Adam will be in Lagos. He will be in Lagos. Yes, thank you. If Adam said, hungry, or maybe he didn't even sense hunger, food, 
you will have food. That's the world that God created for you and I. A world of possibility. Because man and God were united in total accord. Are you with me? But this is what happened. When man disobeyed, when sin came in, the first thing that came in was fear. Adam and Eve, what did they say to God? He said, we heard your voice. And what happened? We were afraid. Were they hearing his voice before? Yes, but they never knew fear. The sense of fear, that's why the Bible tells us, perfect love cast out fear. So from that moment, fear came in. Now, nobody, you cannot tell me, I can't be here now. And I'm expecting um, brother so or sister so to bring me a million dollars here. And then I'll be here and be shaking. No, what will I be doing? I'll be singing unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what, because I'm expecting good. The reason there is fear is because there's expectation of evil. There's an expectation that things will get worse. That's what brings fear. But when there's perfect, you know, a, a relationship with God, what you only know is that his thoughts towards me are thoughts of good, not of evil, to bring me to a future and to a world. And expected it. So with that fear came shame. Shame because you missed the mark. Shame because something is not right. And with that shame, standards became lower. So instead of me feeling shame, I lower the standards. So that's why I can say, I don't care, I don't care. The reason I'm saying it is so that when I fail, I will not have failed too much from the standard I set. Is someone following what, what we're talking about? So fear, shame, shame, lower standards. This is where many of us are. So we can't even believe God for certain things. We can't believe God both for the positive and the ones that says come out from. Because as far as you're concerned, you're in this world alone. You're sorting yourself out. And God really, you know, shouldn't care about you. You want to run your own business. Without lower standards or warped standards, better still, warped standards, came failure. And failure, frustration to death. That's how come man fell. But we cannot stop there because there is good news. Somebody say there is good news. There is good news. A man came into the world. Jesus, the son of God, born of the virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. But he didn't remain buried. He conquered sin. He conquered hell. He conquered death. And when he hung on the cross, he said it is finished what did he say was finished about he says satan your rent has expired to prove to us right on that cross a man hanging by his side a criminal condemned to death no opportunity to do anything good he can't do restitution he can't apologize he cannot do any good thing because he said to him remember me he called on the lord jesus said today you shall be with me in paradise because when you enter jesus anywhere jesus goes is where you go today that is the gospel of jesus there is a savior in the world he's beseeching men everywhere you don't have to struggle you can come into jesus the song says it says barbara name jesus oh but yeah it says run into jesus he said that's the better
better life. Today, Jesus is calling on men and women, calling on young men, coming to me. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He said, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I've come that you may have life and have it what? More abundant. This is the Jesus that loved us that he didn't just pay for our sins. He bore stripes. If without the stripes, our sins would have been taken care of. But the stripes had to be so that you can claim healing today. The denier was so that you can claim love. You can be accepted in the beloved. Everything that was necessary for the Christian to live a full life, Jesus provided for it. And his arms are stretched out wide. Let's bow our heads today. It is possible to enter into this life. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.